Two crees in a pod. Two crees in a pod. Natani means. Yeah. Let's go. They pushed us to this point, frustrations of a common man Manifest the destiny, preach and pledge the promised land I'm stuck between taking my journey, live with no honor Like what's the use of my kids, can't taste clean water A child born into a world, revolution's not a choice Fighting to be heard, so we make them hear our voice Remember ancestors, anguish, lightning in our veins Hear it in a language when they are kissing for the rain I am product of people that persevere, persecution Paint me so creator sees me if I go out shooting Experience our pain when our women disappear daily Anxious to be angry, pacifists might hate me Trolls on the internet constantly trying to bait me We move in silence, cover of the night Learning from the wolves in the forest Tracking enemies in the woods Reincarnations of warriors riding for salvation Or are we false prophets when we submit to temptation? Colonization is a hell of a drug We all seem to go crazy when we fall in love I said colonization is a hell of a drug We all seem to go crazy when we fall in love I said Welcome to Two Crees in a Pod. I biggest My name is Amber Dion, and I am from the Kihiwan Cree Nation here in Treaty Six Territory. I'm a mother, a social worker, and assistant professor with McEwen University School of Social Work, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host. Welcome, my name is Terry Sungens. I'm from Salt Lake Cree Nation, and I'm the Director of Indigenous Initiatives in Kihiwetsin at McEwen University. We are so honored that you chose to join us today. Good afternoon and uh, welcome to episode five of Two Crees in a Pod. Uh, today, Terry and I are joined by Kevin Lewis. Um, and so we're really excited to have Kevin join us today. A little bit of uh, background of how Terry and I know Kevin. Um, I've, no- I've known Kevin and his family for a very long time, for many, many years. And, uh, and have uh, good relationships with his family. Um, Terry and I have also uh, worked with or been part of uh, some work with Kevin with Blue Quills University as well. And so we wanna invite you, Kevin, to introduce yourself for our uh, listeners um, in whichever way you would like to introduce yourself. All right, yeah. Um... Tapskat naaga jo kan tuhtamik juba nanasku monista ja pitum goja na tjoga pipikskujan. To my name is Kevin Lewis. Wasaga suman tigon, and I'm from a place called Mstukskawaisi, a place of the Little Islands, also known as Minnesotan Lake Cree Nation. So um, yeah, I guess that's a little bit about myself and uh, where I come from. Thank you. Thanks, Kevin. So one of the first questions I'd like to ask you is, I know that you, if you could talk a little bit about the land-based education program that you uh, have back home right now and share that with our listeners. Okay. Yeah. Um, I guess it was, uh, it's this summer, it's going to be 17 years that we've launched uh, the land-based program here at Minnesota. And uh, it's a traditional place in the lake here called Kanyaksik. In uh, that means uh, it's a little point in the in the lake, and just down the um, just down the shore here. That's the traditional name of it, and uh, it, it's become a real special place for us. And uh, when I was there, 
um, when we were there standing by the uh, shore, I was there with my uncles and these are uncles that uh, do all the different ceremonies, mm-hmm. um, horse dance, ghost dance, sun dance, um, all, all those different lodges that we have. Uh, we started seeing that there was a decline in Oskapiusuk. Um, when we would grow a community, uh, there was like, a, it was hardly any, any Oskapiusuk. Um, mm-hmm. And then also another thing that we saw was uh, language was not being used as much as, as it was. And uh, so that was another another thing that we saw, and then uh, and then also um, applying or getting better medicines or good medicines, smudges, uh, berries, fish, sagawatigi, uh, and all the all the stuff that we get from the bush, all the animals, uh, the fishing that happens. Mm-hmm. So it's just not noscapius that does the work at the ceremonies. It's just like doing the hunting and doing the gathering as well. So that was also on a decline that we saw. So we originally uh, said, "Well, let's make a let's make a van, or I mean, let's make a uh, an account so we can get a van to transport the, these young up and coming uskapiusa, mm-hmm. and we can train them, and we can go to all these ceremonies during the summer because there's no school during the summer." So that's what happened originally, and it was uh, it was pretty good success. Like we had a our own little fundraising that we are doing, uh, everything from uh, picking garbage on the ditches uh, for the highways to uh, uh, even having a bingo and uh, to see if we can get this transportation. And we uh, eventually got shoulder tapped and stopped literally uh, probably a couple of years into our programming by the girls, the women, the young girls, the young ladies, (laughs) they stopped us and they said, well, all right, well, you guys are doing such good stuff for the boys. Well, what about us? You know, mm-hmm. how come you're not inclusive? Or how come you're not teaching us how to pick those berries or go fishing and to clean the fish and and uh, do all the fun stuff that uh, that the boys were doing? So it, it's, it stopped us there, and I approached my... Mr. Uh, if it was like how how we would go up at being men... And then she she looked down the uh, shore and she said, "Well, kanya siguma." And then she was pointing at the at the point that the one I was talking about, mm-hmm. and that stuck right away because that's the first time I've ever heard this term kanya sigoriniag. And um, uh, so she started talking about what was uh, what happened here, what was the history here, why people camped here, why they lived here, and so uh, what what happened was it, that was the first introduction to incorporating everything dealing with the ceremony uh the land uh Mm -hmm. harvesting from the land and then doing protocols um so it was it was a real good introduction by one of the the main uh one of the elders here that's really respectful in terms of ceremony and in in uh, western education and uh so it was it was good to get guided by her right away and then eventually we invited an all, we did an all women's, uh, all girls camp. And I approached all the women that I knew that went to these ceremonies, that knew how to cook for those ceremonies, that knew how to berry pick, that knew how to do the medicines. I, those are the ones that I put as leads in that, in that camp. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it was a real success. It was, uh, it was kind of, um, it was good to be sort of like a fly on the wall for that one. And then that's where we opened it up to uh, 
sort of for everybody. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're from the city, if you're from the reserve, if you're from the town school, or um, it was it was for everybody. And uh, here we didn't get questioned about smudging. Uh, we didn't get questioned about singing our songs mm-hmm. or bringing out our drums and rattles. Uh, we could talk about um, ceremony openly. We could mm-hmm. bring out uh, prayer cloth openly without being questioned. Right? It was mm-hmm. uh, it was a really inclusive area. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of education to happen uh, from the both, I guess, the Western side, but more on the uh, our ways of knowing and being, right? So mm-hmm. and that was the identity part that we we're starting to miss within our community and our youth, right? That yeah. disconnection. So that's just a little bit about, about um, where it started from. Okay. Thank you for that. Um just just for our listeners, you used a word that Terry and I are familiar with, uh, but we would like to hear a little bit more about it from, from you, uh, Kevin. Uh, for our listeners, can you talk a little bit about what oscapeos are? What oscapeos, like what are they, who are they? What do they do? What are their roles? Well, it, it'll go back to kichuscapeos. Uh, kichuscapeos um, is... Uh, it's the rock. It's the asniwa kichuskapius kimusumno. So that's the grandfather rock. And uh, if you, I guess, when you start talking about uh, the idea of rocks and all the minerals and all the different compositions, all the metals, all everything that's included in this rock, it basically comes from the universe. So. Uh, what happens is when, because uh, it's uh, called a Giche Uskapiu, so Gimusumno, our grandfather rock, that uh, represents one that, uh, let's say if I accidentally say a wrong prayer, or if I accidentally uh, turn my pipe or, or the wrong way, that Giche Uskapiu, his role is supposed to be to go turn that into a, a positive um uh, prayer, or if I said something wrong, that's the one that's gonna uh, tra- transport that prayer and go go talk on my behalf wherever it is I sent that prayer. Mm. So Kichuskapius can go anywhere, all over the place in this universe, our universe, right? Because mm-hmm. our universe, uh, it's also known as Piagohiwamak, uh, which is one one big universe, and this Uskapius has connections from all this universe therefore it can go anywhere that it wants hmm. so within a ceremony now an oscapius which is what, what i am i can go anywhere in that lodge let's say if somebody brings in um, food i can walk in any direction and then there's a little bit of protocol and spinning the way you, the way you spin the pipes and everything else like that but it, you start knowing the roles right you mm-hmm. start following the rhythms of the ceremony and you uh so you can grab that food smut and then bring it in and you can on a woman's side you can step in front of the elders you have to go by the pipe man if you have to go by the, the ugamawatik or all these different sacred items that are laying around um you can kind of navigate your way in and out uh, just as long as you keep the ceremony going mm-hmm. so that's an oscapius in the ceremonial part right and uh, it, there's a certain walk to it. There's a certain um, like you have to make sure you you clean up your act. Like you can't be an alcoholic or you can't be drunk while, while being an oscapius or you can't be um, 
you know, uh, high on anything. But um, with medication and stuff like that, there's a role uh, that that plays as well, where people are starting to find themselves by being helpers, by being servants, mm-hmm. by being uh, finding a place in that community where there there's a purpose, right? They're being used, they're being utilized, and being uh, um, yeah, they're just being used to, yeah. to keep this this important ceremony, whatever ceremony it is, to keep it moving forward. So it, yeah, that's basically Oscapius, uh, and that Kicho uh, Oscapius is the one that we that we look after, and then we we act like that within this small little lodge, mm-hmm. and um, there's a prayer cloth or tobacco that's being wanting like uh, to be rendered. We would go get that cloth, we would smudge it, and then we would transport whatever the communication or the prayer is is being wanted over here to the elders and the elders. We act like translators and say, "Okay, this is what this person wants, and this is what's happening at home, and this is this is their life. This is what they're asking for. Would you do it?" And then they'll say it. They'll grab the um, the uh, tobacco and cloth or offering or whatever it is, and then they render the, the the prayer on their behalf. So we just are the transporters, right? We're just kind of uh, making sure um, it's, it's it keeps on moving. Yeah. Uh, Putting up the lodges as well, same thing. Um, those different types of lodges from the horse dance, chicken dance, ghost dance, uh, even the sweats and mm-hmm. everything else. Mm-hmm. Those are also taught along the way. And the benefit of that is you get to listen to what the elders are praying. Uh, you get to learn what the pipe man, how the pipe man is sitting. Mm-hmm. And you get to learn sort of like front row, I'll just say. Yeah. So that education is is continuously happening and you really have to listen um you got to do things right as, as much as possible but uh all of it is learning yeah and i just want to say one quick comment before i know terry has a question or, or some comments and and the reason why i'd asked you to explain that is because i wanted to learn more from you um and i really appreciate that the story that you told or the stories that you told because one of the things that i've often thought about and and I would never want to remove the sacredness of that story and relate what we do as social workers to Oscapios, but I really do believe that our role as social workers, as you talked about as translators or as advocates, or we speak on behalf of, that's a lot of what we do in social work practice. We are the ones who are going and working with our families and if they need food or if they need a service, we are the ones you know, advocating and translating, you know, those messages. And we get to move around that universe uh, as social workers. And I often say that our work is very sacred work. The work that we do as social workers should be very sacred work. And so, um, again, that hearing that story just kind of confirms some things for me in my mind around what our roles are as helpers or in a helping field. And, and I think it's very ceremonial, sacred work that we do um, as social workers. So thank you for that, Kevin. Thank you. Mm-hmm. One of the, so in episode three, we had Dr. Michael Yellowbird uh, join us to speak about some of the work that he's done and some of the research that he's done. And one of the things that he shared with us in that episode was around how language um, connection to land uh, ceremony impacts our brain, but also how it repairs and heals us um, as indigenous people. 
And so there was many different things that he spoke to. Um, but maybe if just to connect that to some of the work that you're doing in land based education, can you explain that a little bit more for our listeners? Yeah, yeah for sure. Like some of the um, like we've had uh, frontline workers come to our camp and uh, we've gone through like uh, I'm in a teepee right now and they're poles um, these poles they can represent uh, let's say a bear lodge or they represent a horse dance lodge or even the Sundance Lodge right it's uh, um, and they tell a story and that's what uh, when you start telling what what this writing is and we've written it in such a amazing way. We've written it in all these like this one standing right behind me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a northern pole, and um, what does that represent? What sits over there? What can we pray in that direction? So when we go through these poles as they're sitting, like in the east over here, uh, the sun where it comes up, but right beside Kimusumno, there's a grandmother. Just like that Uskapi Ustana, there's a grandmother rock too. So there's all, there's, and then there's these um, LGBTQ, there's, there's room in here for everybody, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And there's so much that happened before the two-leggeds kind of entered the picture. Hmm. So like, the, like this teepee here, you, you go around and you start praying to all these different like chapters, I'll say, and all these relatives of ours and these poles, that's, how, that's what they represent. What I found was when you start introducing the elements of uh, water, the elements of uh, sun, elements of the thunder beings, elements of wind, the four-leggeds and all their beauty, people start realizing, oh, okay, that's what Wagutuan means. You know, that's why we're related to the buffalo. That's how we're related to the moose. That's why these geese are so important because they're, they're coming and releasing something just by, you know, their sound. Um, you know, there, there's all these different teachings that are here. And then there's half beings in there too. And like little people, uh-huh. we have little people and <laughs> we enjoy them. Um, they're a part of our history. And then we also have these mermaids and mermen. Uh, we have these flying horses that are part of our history. Uh, there's just, it's, it's magical and, um, when people start hearing and hearing the songs and the teachings that they that they represent, it's kind of like meaning they're finding themselves. It kind of mm. starts feeling good, like, wow, that was a cool story. I didn't know anything about that. Or, mm. wow, that's why they uh, there's different sounds of when the thunder beings kind of roll across and sometimes they're loud, right? Uh, they're almost vicious and scary and then there's these other ones that are so quiet and they just they're so humble and those are the those elder thunderbirds when they they can barely sky and then the loud ones and the uh, the skinny ones those are the youth those are the young thunderbirds and uh, it's just the way we used to act, right, when we were younger. <laughs> I don't know about you. <laughs> you, yes, not me, Kevin, not me. <laughs> I was this quiet, 
<laughs> we got to tease Kevin a little bit. We got to tease him a bit. <laughs> we actually have him on screen so we can, usually our podcasts are uh, done on the phone, but we do have Kevin on the screen. So he literally is sitting in a teepee. Yeah, we can see him <laughs> sitting in a teepee. <laughs> And, and some of the, and just, and for our listeners, we know that some of the audio is cutting out and we have to recognize that Kevin literally is in a teepee. Uh, and so if we hear some of the audio cutting out, we're not going to edit that. This is uncut. This is unedited. Uh, we know that Kevin is, uh, in a space where, um, where his Wi-Fi is, is teepee version. <laughs> He's got teepee, teepee, teepee Wi-Fi wi here. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm 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 so enjoying this conversation, and I think that that's exactly what when we heard from Doctor uh, Yellowbird, he talked about literally how we have these spines in our brains that will repair themselves when we hear our songs, and the the spines will repair themselves when we dance, like when we get up at a chicken dance and we dance, right? And so there's there's these. Um, if we've had any, uh, you know, trauma or there's been impacts in our brains and, you know, just in, even the impacts of colonization and how you hearing or sorry, you speaking the language today, me and Terry are sitting here smiling, right? Because we're listening to you speak. We're listening to you tell us, uh, you know, stories. And it's, it's, that's healing work right there. It really is healing work in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that are, I think a question that our listeners would, would appreciate um, is, for those out there, how do people get more connected with the land um, or with the language? Well, uh, you know, another thing that happened was, um, uh, I guess, in Alberta, um, I would say register for a, for a language class, uh, register for um, a session on- online. And I think I think those are starting to come more more and more. And then also get in touch with somebody that you trust that can speak the language. Mm-hmm. And there's like methodology that you can use. There's FaceTime, there's a Zoom like we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the simple phone call if, you, if you're practicing social distancing. Mm-hmm. So all, all of that is, is uh, possible now. And then look at this little guy. There's one of my sled dogs. I'm me. I'm me. So, uh, but those type of things, like, um, they're uh, they're out there, but also understand that there's an Indigenous Language Act that, um, you know, that went to rural assent, and it's law now, and it's up to us to make those things happen. Uh, when I was in New Zealand, uh, they pressed so hard that, the Paikia, which are kind of like the rest of New Zealanders, yeah. um, they were they were allowed to take uh, and encouraged to take uh, second language classes, which were in Maori. Mm-hmm. And there was, I think, up to level three that they could take. And then the government provided the services. Wow. They, they provided the, the educators. And we have to start normalizing sort of like the hearing our um, to hear uh, Nahui, to hear, uh, you know, all these beautiful indigenous languages that we have in, in this continent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's really up to us to sort of understand that it is law, but it's also uh, up to the College of Law, College of Social Work, College of Education, call, you know, mm-hmm. to put the pressure on and just say, okay, well, this is law and it's, it's a skeleton. What do we do with it, right? How yeah. can we incorporate that? 
Now, going back to the social work, um, those those frontline workers that were here, they, they dealt with, um, they were counselors. Um, they were people that were dealing with people that went through 60 school. Uh, there was residential school, you know, all the traumas that we go through in our communities. Um, they, they, those were the people that they were dealing with. So somehow, some way, they heard about this uh, language and culture being um, someplace to go, you know, mm-hmm. possibly to get professional development, somehow to incorporate that land-based teaching into their profession. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then that's what the clients were asking for as well, which is cool. Yep. And that's what the leaders were asking for. Mm-hmm. So it made us work. It made us do our research as well to become uh, instructors, mental uh, first nation, mental health, uh, first aid, yeah. those type of, uh, you know, that type of direction. So we have somebody on staff that's a, that can do mental, uh, mental first aid. Uh, suicide prevention is a big one. Mm-hmm. And uh, also to teach people how to uh, harvest, you know, um, how to be uh, conservationists, you know, um, how to be better hunters, uh, how to carry on those stories, right? How to sing those songs, how to smudge in the morning or if, or what smudge to use if, mm-hmm. if you just kind of like, your brain is going, 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 and you just want to shut it down for a little while. Yeah. What's much you use? What do the elders, what do they say, right? So those are the type of teachings that um, that we've come and we've used them in in a lot of different fields. And it's it was originally education focused. And then we took on the summers, but then now it's, it's kind of opened up to social work. Um, we've, we're doing art therapy as well. Nice. Uh, and like, who knew? Building birch bark canoes was art therapy, but yeah. like if you look at it, it's functional. It gets you somewhere, but the materials, digging in the dirt, getting tired, sweating out there, <laughs> and you just feel the endorphins come in, and you're just enjoying being outside, and, and you're paddling, which means you have to paddle back home. It got a huge benefit to taking people out and about, right? And letting them, exposing them to the other relatives that are out there, just like the sun's coming out finally, right? Yes. So those type of things. Yeah. Yeah. Any other? Um, so I think we're nearing the end of our time. Um, so we want to just give you an opportunity, Kevin, if there's anything that you want to add uh, you know, things that folks, um, you know, maybe things that you feel folks just need to know um, if there's ways that they can, um, you know, even access, uh, you know, have access to the camp that you're currently doing. You know, how might they go about uh, reaching out to you and, and your folks to to get engaged with uh, the camp that you have? Well, I, I work for the, the University of Saskatchewan now. And I look after their Indigenous Language Certificate Program. Yeah. And it's teaching teachers how to teach the language. And I've really enjoyed it and I continue to enjoy the research that's happening. But I think what I what I would want is like to bring in Indigenous researchers here. And we've done this in the past. Yeah. Whether they're social workers, uh, whether wanting to do a practicum, to come learn uh, sort of what we're doing, but also to add to it, uh, write about it, um, to publish, uh, you know, their research or their findings or 
Wherever I'll come. Yeah. Right? We'll be and there next week. Those <laughs> things that we, we want to uh, incorporate. And yeah. uh, we have a research arm. And it's it's kind of like two years in the making, but it's uh, we it's called the uh, Karniasik Research and Development Institute. So it's kind of like to bring in Indigenous researchers here. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why, like, sometimes we have Dr. Lan Whiskeyjack come here and yeah. Um, we have all these other different uh, doctors, Indigenous researchers, Indigenous academics that are joining us on a, on a more regular basis. And it's beautiful, you know. Uh, and on the flip side, when they need help or if they need something from us, oh, we're there as well, right? Yeah. We'll, we'll give it for free, just like this. Uh, we, I really appreciate you guys reaching out. And l- lastly, um, right now, uh, we have, um, we're gardening and we've gardened for probably like as far, as long as I remember, we've always had a garden, but we have to normalize that. Uh, we have to start gardening indoors in the apartments or in mm-hmm. our little spaces we may have, mm-hmm. but to get into the soil and to understand uh, where food comes from and like a, a food sovereignty, food security, uh, talk about panic when this first COVID cases, you know, mm-hmm. all this came about. Yeah. Yeah. People were starting to fear and they were fear mongering a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We should not, never be stuck. You yeah. know, we should never catch ourselves uh, with our pants down to, to, to use that. But <laughs> we should be uh, prepared for yes. anything, right? Yeah. So. That's something that uh, I would like to like, uh, leave off is um, do gardening. There's, uh, there's a lot of time yet to get some plants yes. and learn learn the beauty of those relatives of ours as medicines, as edibles, and and then also part of the atmosphere, right? Cleaning, yeah. cleaning up the air. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. That's um, yeah. This was this was fantastic. Um, Thank you so much for joining us, uh, Kevin. Like I said, me and Terry will be there next week. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, I I think that, and again, like there's so much opportunity. um, And we've talked Mm -hmm. about this at McEwen of how do we get students uh, from McEwen out on the land? And Terry's done lots of work in that area with the camps that she's collaborated with, with Kihiwan and Enoch. Um, and it would be lovely for us to mm-hmm. talk about a partnership uh, with you as well, Kevin, for our students. So we'll have that conversation in the future, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but thank you so much for joining us today. Um, thank you for sharing your stories and your and your knowledge and your wisdom with us and our listeners today, Kevin. Thank you. Hi hi. Hi hi. I'll have a good day. You too. Two crees in a pod.